Are you tired of conflict, drama, fighting, and people problems? Are you ready to learn the simple skills to improve all your relationships and make them thrive? Well, it's easier than you think. Relationship Radio brings you practical advice to be your best and improve your life. We break down the complicated problems and make them simple and easy. And when you know better, you can do better. Here are Master Life Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles. Welcome to Relationship Radio on Voice America, where we make healthy relationships simple and easy so you can know better and do better. I'm Nicole Cunningham. And I'm Kim Giles. Welcome to the show. Now, today's show, Kim, we're going to be talking about inappropriate relationship behavior and especially fighting behavior. This is a bit of a contentious topic. (laughs) Well, hopefully we're not going to fight over it. But I think it's really important for us to figure out what's an, what's appropriate when we're in an argument with another person. What What's an appropriate amount of fighting or behavior when we're in conflict and what's not? Yeah. So this is obviously something that we, we think of our primary relationship. So our marriage relationship, our relationships with our children. But this is also community. This is what happens at work, what happens with our neighbors, what happens with our extended family. So we're going to be addressing these different levels levels of boundaries and these lines that we can create for ourselves. So one of the reasons I wanted to choose this topic today is because we see a lot of clients who are living with a lot of conflict, a lot of fighting at home, and and we often are the ones to point out that the way that that's playing out is not appropriate. It, it's not something you should put up with. And I've heard from so many clients, are you sure? I thought this was normal. Doesn't everybody fight like this? And especially people who've grown up in a home where there was a lot of inappropriate fighting behavior and they have brought that into their next relationship, they think it's okay because they don't know anything different. Yeah. So it's interesting the the yardstick that we create for ourselves can only really be from the experience that we've had. But it's important that as we talk about this, this is today we're going to be throwing out ideas, but it's so important that all of our listeners put it through their own filter so that then at the end of the day, you're the only one who can actually make that decision for yourself, what you will and you won't, won't accept. But the, today's show is really going to be some guidelines about what's healthy and what's not because Relationship Radio is radio is really about talking about healthy, thriving relationships, not dysfunctional relationships. Absolutely. I I feel especially careful when we have a coaching client who's in a relationship that's very contentious. We're very careful to not ever tell them what we think they should do. And so we're going to reiterate that over and over on today's show, that you are the only one who is entitled to know what's right for your journey. And sometimes it's it's the perfect lesson for you is to stay in that relationship and learn and grow and help teach the other person to become better. And sometimes it's your perfect journey to get brave enough to leave. But you're the only one who's entitled to that gut knowingness of which path is right for you. Yeah. But when it comes to inappropriate behavior, it's also about what we will allow right? And we have this, I I hit our clients with pens in our consultations. That sounds bad just as I've said that, but let me put it in context. I I actually start getting a pen and I hit them on the wrist and I say, am I hitting you or are you allowing yourself to be hit? And what that exercise demonstrates is, of course, they're allowing me to hit them. At any moment in time, they could move their wrist out of the way and go, hey, don't, don't hit me, that hurts. 
Now, it's the same with inappropriate behavior. We have to make decisions about what we will and we won't allow and what we'll engage in. So, Nicole, it's been funny to watch you actually do that with people because there are a lot of people who will sit there and let you continue to hit them and hit them and hit them. And you'll start doing it even harder to see how much will they take before they draw a line. And, and it's shocking sometimes how much abuse we're willing to put up with. Now, we want to be careful in in talking about abuse. We're going to kind of skate around that a little bit today. Um, we are going to give you some guidelines to kind of recognize what's abusive behavior. Um, but your your growth, you're at the, at the point when it's right for you to pull out and say that's not enough, that might be different for different people. Would you agree? Yeah, completely. So we all have a line that we will create for ourselves around healthy boundaries. And so as you're listening to this show today, we just like to encourage all of our listeners to go, yeah, what is my line and what am I tolerating that I'm not okay with? What is it that I do need to be implementing for myself so I am having healthier relationships? Okay, so we're going to readdress this over and over to figure out what your boundaries are. But let's talk for a little bit uh, about different levels of behavior. We've decided that there's three levels of fighting behavior that we want to address and what's appropriate maybe in a way to handle each of those levels. Do you want to start with the first one? Yeah. So the first one is your garden variety, you know, just your kerfuffles, I want to say, you know, just that every... Yeah, wait a minute. That was an Australian That's word. Australian. That again. Okay. Kerfuffles. So it's kind of like that, that irritability and you kind of nagging at each other and it's a little bit antagonistic and it's a bit kind of tit for tat and it's just kind of grumpy, irritable behavior. So this is the stuff that happens when I'm hungry, tired, the day has been really stressful and I'm just in a grumpy mood. Yeah. So it, I like to think of it as when adults turn into toddlers, <laughs> you know, where they hit a wall and they've got nothing good to, is going to come out of this. They just need to be carried upstairs and put to bed. You know, this is that, that low level garden variety where there's just, I'm, I've hit a wall today. I don't have it in me. I'm not doing well to manage my behavior. I need to put myself out of my misery. So what that can look like in relationships is projection. You didn't do this. You should have done that why didn't you and then before you know it some some conflict is actually is created between two people in the home but really it's not even about you it's because they came home and you know they didn't kick the dog they kicked you instead yeah so the appropriate way to respond to this kind of behavior I believe now this is just my opinion is if you can recognize that it's not about you and it doesn't happen very often and you can tell that this person's hungry and tired and they, they've just got an issue as much as possible. That's the kind of behavior I want to forgive and let go. And I think in a, in a healthy relationship, I want to be able to have a bad day and have the person that I love forgive me and, and sort of let it go and not make a big issue out of it. I'll be better tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of, you know, I'm going to give you a red card, but but I'm just going to take you off the field. You know, we're not going to stay here and, and allow you to play, but ultimately tomorrow's a new day and let's see how we go. Now, the second one, which is when these kerfuffles, now it's got official title, they happen ongoing, okay? So it's every day that you come home and you want to kick the dog and you kick me instead, right? Every day you're not managing your stress and your overwhelm. And I seem to be the one that's, that's – you know, receiving all of that, that emotion, all of that projection, that blame and that shame. So this is something that happens more of the time, right? So when it happens more often and it's consistent, we really shouldn't ignore it. 
So when it does, it's no longer the exception. It's kind of the rule that this person is in this space all the time. Um, I also think that it's escalated a little bit into a little more unkind, a little more critical and attacking of more the other personal, person. More personal, right? It, it becomes more about you or you didn't do this and a little bit more antagonistic to yourself. Yes, I, I think so. Um, you know, if somebody hurts your feelings once, that that would maybe be in category one. But if they're hurting your feelings a lot of the time, we definitely have moved into category two. And, and I believe and I think you agree with me that when we get this kind of behavior happening all the time, you should not just forgive it and ignore it. You should actually speak up and have a conversation about it. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not healthy for you to receive all of that kind of projection. And again, most of the time it's not about you, right? So this is when people actually receive this stuff, making it about them, which can be incredibly damaging to somebody's self-esteem. So this is where we really need to step outside of that and say, right, this is not about me, but it's happening too often. You really need to take some responsibility for for your projection and also your unhappiness. And we've done an entire show on how to be happier and how to take personal responsibility for your happiness and what to change. So that might be a resource for them or for you. And I really want to see couples that are having this kind of conflict on a regular basis get some professional help. This is the stage where I wouldn't just try to fix it on your own. You will be able to fix it faster and easier and in a way that really makes everybody feel good about themselves and create some real connection and change in the relationship. You can make that happen so much faster with a little professional help. Yeah. And as you say that, Kim, um, what's coming to mind is all of our teenagers that we work with. We work with so many teens. A lot of them are high risk and, and a lot of them are in this behavior every single day. They actually are in this consistent state of, I'm not happy and you're the problem. And if you just gave me more freedom or gave me more money or gave me the car, right? So a lot of this antagonistic, consistent behavior is actually a lot of teenage behavior. So in in that situation, really a third party and, and getting some objectivity in there really can make such a big difference. So this three stages that we're going to talk about really apply just as equally to children. So bad day, every once in a while, they're grumpy and they're snappy. Forgive it and ignore it. Let it go. But if it becomes something that's an all the time type thing, get some professional help. Deal with it. Bring it up. Talk about it. Don't ignore it. I think you and I have both seen a lot of parents who actually are still ignoring behavior when it's actually getting to be really inappropriate. Yeah, absolutely. Which takes us into the third criteria, right? Which is is what we is it's a list that we've kind of created about behavior that really is unhealthy and therefore shouldn't be tolerated. Now, I've got a rule of thumb that I I teach in our parenting classes, Kim, that all the behavior that you're not liking as a child, if you put a one in front of it, you're in really big trouble. You know, and what that means is if they're three and there's tantrums and you're not managing and and setting boundaries there, when they're 13, you're going to be in trouble. Eight and 18, nine and 19. And that's what we see because what we allow will continue. And so sometimes we have a lot of parents and a lot of couples that that come to us in this third stage, this list of behaviors that we're about to get into that say, I don't know how we got here, right? How did it possibly get this bad? And a lot of it is because the boundaries were not even discussed or addressed on any level, even on themselves, let alone within that two-person relationship at any stage of the game. 
So if you've got young children that are behaving badly on a regular basis, again, we want to urge you to do something about it because it's going to get worse if we don't nip it in the butt where we are. Absolutely. And and if you know the shape of your children, that can really help you understand what's motivating that bad behavior as well. So if you haven't uh, taken the 12 shape relationship survey yet for you and all of your family members at 12shapes.com, that's something you definitely want to do. We also have resources on parenting on our website. We've got a parenting DVD that is specifically addressing how to, to actually manage these behaviors. So there are resources available. Okay, so let's talk about this giant list of what we consider to be unacceptable fighting behavior. So uh, calling names, and I would say from a child or a spouse or anybody, if, if they're really diminishing you at that level where name calling is happening, that's not acceptable. Same with repeatedly putting you down, criticizing you or attacking you all the time, intentionally hurting your feelings. Uh, belittling you or and and making you feel less than on a regular basis or ignoring or punishing you. Also, any kind of insults, um, all of that is not okay. Especially when we get personal, right? Mm. I mean, it, with people that we live with, we know what their soft points are. And, and those are the insults that we bring up when we really want to zing them, right? Yeah. And, and those are the most hurtful. And those words you can't take back. Once you've said those things to people that you love, there's there's a pain inflicted that you can't erase. Absolutely. The other thing is any kind of lying, right? Lying is not okay in relationships, as is breaking promises or breaking things, right? Any kind of breaking of intention, whether it be verbal or, you know, actually then getting into any kind of violence, it's not okay. Um, threatening and intimidating. Um, we, we see a, a lot of this in relationships where people feel literally very unsafe at home and that is not acceptable. Um, correcting everything you say. I've, I've seen couples where one of the, the two is constantly saying, no, you're telling it wrong. No, you're, you, you've got this wrong. Any behavior where you are constantly being told you're wrong on a, daily basis that's not acceptable i've even worked with couples where they've they've cut them off from their family and friends right isolated so, them isolation verbal intimidation nitpicking lengthy interrogation so having to listen to somebody's berating you for a long time that's not okay either um, refusing to honor your time and your space and your point of view right not being able to allow you the space that you need that that's not okay and any out of control behavior where our anger has got to the point that we're dam- we're damaging things, we're being threatening or intimidating because we're that angry, that's not okay. So that's a long list, Kim, of things that are, that we believe are not okay. If you are finding yourself in a situation or even being triggered as we're actually talking about this today on radio, we really want you to take stock and just sit with that for a while, make some decisions about what you will and won't allow and get some help because a lot of people sit in this third criteria of inappropriate behavior because they don't know how to get out. So we want you to know that there's resources. There's resources and there's help. And you really do need to find somebody to talk to about what's going on in your home. If you think it's in this category that it's really inappropriate, don't just stay in it and hide it. 
And and I can say that from experience because I've been very good in my life of being in a, a very unhealthy relationship and and pretending that I'm okay. Yep. And nothing's going to change or get better in your life until you own that these issues are there. Yeah. Okay, we've got to take a break, but we'll be right back. And we're talking more about inappropriate relationship behaviors here on Voice America. You're with Relationship Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book, called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call now CFO at 1-855-669-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. to Relationship Radio on Voice America with Nicole and Kim. And today we are talking about inappropriate fighting behavior in a relationship or just generally inappropriate relationship behavior. And uh, Nicole, before we jump in and, and hit this topic again, I want to just pause for one second and thank our sponsor, Now CFO. They are 
a godsend to our business when our books were a mess because I was in charge of accounting for many years. <laughs> they came in and fixed up everything, our entire system got our business on track. And, and it's so great to have a CFO level person to come in and work in our small business and know that we only have to pay for how much of their time that we need and that we use. It's so affordable. It is. And they continue to save us from bad mistakes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Even yesterday, we had to give a call and say help. Yeah. Yeah. So whether you have a small or a large business, we highly recommend that you look into outsourcing your accounting and and call now CFO. Know what you're good at and do that and then outsource the rest. That's our theory. Yeah. Absolutely. So we're going to jump in for a minute here and talk about five specific relationship behaviors that have a high probability of damaging your relationship and creating a relationship that really isn't healthy. So this is about prevention, Kim, better than cure. Okay, so the first segment of the show, we talked about really what we should be accepting or what we shouldn't be accepting and, and putting that through your own filter in your own relationships. This is about you, as you're listening to this, we want our listeners to actually say, am I doing any of this and unaware of it, right? Because if I care about my relationships, I want them to be healthy and thriving, I need to be doing my or everything I can to not do these five things with my spouse, with my colleagues, with my family, with my children, Okay, so the first one that we want to talk about is not being fully present in conversations. And I think a lot of people will think, well, that sounds kind of like a minor thing that you're not fully present. But what it's really about is showing another person that you value them and respect them and care about them. And one of the most powerful ways to do that is to ask questions and listen to them. Um the more time that we spend asking questions about what they feel and what they think and listening and being present, we're literally valuing them. We're proving to them that they have value to us. Now, this can be hard in the world of technology. And when sometimes our, our children, our teenagers want to have a really deep and meaningful conversation right now, and I'm trying to not burn the chicken or I'm packing, you know, piano homework and I'm trying to get us out the door. So if you're not in a position where you can be present, it's really your responsibility to go, hey, sweetie, I'm hearing you. And what I need to do is I need to move this conversation to a time when you're going to have all of my attention. Would that be okay with you? Right? Because if we don't show up, we don't earn the right to have a second go. Right? So if I know that I'm just, I, I don't have anything left, I can't be present, I can't have the relationship behavior I want in that moment just because of time or the reality of what's happening today, I need to actually take responsibility for that, communicate that effectively to say, hey, can we have this conversation tomorrow or can we have it in 20 minutes time? So Nicole, this is a big issue specifically with certain shapes of people. And you and I are arrows, and this is an issue for us as it's arrows. It's something we have to work on. Also, um, diamonds and ovals, who are also shapes on, that value tasks very highly. I think uh, it's been a weakness my entire life that I get focused on a task, and I don't pay attention enough to the people around me. And I, I've noticed a, a problem with being in a conversation with someone in my family, and if it's not interesting me enough, my mind wanders back to the projects and the tasks that I need to get done. Are there any other shapes besides those three that really need to watch being present? Sometimes um, octagons and rhombuses and squares 
can actually talk over the top of other people. Maybe rectangles. Too. And rectangles, yeah. So they it's not that necessarily that they're distracted like what we are with tasks, but they they don't they hear to give back feedback instead of actually listening. So if I'm if you're listening to me right now and then you're actually already formulating your opinion or what you think about it and you're ready as soon as I come up for air to actually come in and go, Oh yeah, and that happened to me and yeah, but you should have changed this and no, you did that wrong right? That's often another behavior about not being present because you didn't hear what I said at all. You're trying to, you're already formulating your response. So this is, it's an interesting thing for all of the shapes that we do. We're not present, but for different reasons. This is why it's so important for you to know your shape, to know your good and your bad relationship behavior. So if you haven't taken the 12 shape relationship survey on our website, you're going to want to do that at 12shapes.com. Okay. So that's huge that we we validate the people in our life by actually being interested and really paying attention and listening and also making sure that we have that quality time with them. Um, do you remember we did a, a youth group uh, about a year ago uh, of all teens and we had one of the teens say, what I want more than anything in the world right now is for my parents to not just listen, but to hear me. Mm, do I do that? remember that. I remember the boy who said that to us. Right. Yeah. I remember it hitting me between the eyes like a piece of two by four because it is. We think that we're attentive, but we're parents and we have so much swimming around in our head. They really just need us to stop and show up. Yeah. I remember asking them to tell me more so that I could teach their parents. What is it? What does it look like when they really hear you? And, and I really believe one of the ways we can make sure that's happening is repeating back what they said and also asking more questions for more clarification. Tell me more about that. That's actually one of my favorite phrases with my kids as they start to tell me anything to look them in the eye and say, tell me more. Tell me more. What makes you feel that way? They know that you're actually present. You're really in it. It's true. The other thing is, so is recapping. So what I'm hearing you say is da, 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 da. Is that correct? Am I interpreting that right? Did I hear that correctly? Oh, that's beautiful. Really usable tips here today. I love this. Okay. So a second thing that we can do that will damage our relationship is seeing the world in terms of black and white. And I think what we really mean is my way or the highway, kind of. Yeah, and now again, certain shapes are more likely to be in this category as well. So if you're a, sh- if you're a rectangle, if you're a square, if you're an octagon, a rhombus, you're, you're more likely to have strong opinions about what you think should have been done that didn't get done. So you feel totally justified in giving your opinion. Now, remember, everybody's entitled to their experience that they're going to learn and grow from, even if you are right, right? And this is sometimes the battles we have with our teenagers is we look at them and go, are you serious? The world is not like that, kiddo. Like, grow up. But that's not the way to have that conversation. We've got to build that level of trust and we've got to ask permission before we go in there and actually give these black and white opinions. Because I have to tell you, as an arrow, if somebody gives them me that kind of black and white thinking, I, I'm a person who's very lateral and broad and believes that there's a thousand different solutions. So I, I find myself getting very defensive and resistant to hearing anybody who's very black and white because there's no such thing as black and white there's a lot of gray. There's got to be space for people to have their own experience. So I 
had a great conversation yesterday with some of our coaches in training and and what came up was the the need to be right first of all which i think almost all of us have because we kind of attach our value as a person to our ideas so if people disagree with the idea we take that so personally we feel like they don't value us and and we can easily get confrontational and cause all kinds of problems when we're over committed to being right about our idea. Yeah, so this takes me into the third behavior, which is you can become a conversational narcissist and dominate conversations. Now, you're probably going, oh, I totally know one of them. But what if you are one of them? Okay, that's sometimes harder for us to admit. I have to tell you that there's a few things in my life that I feel super passionate about and I can find myself on my soapbox. Now, I'm not proud of of that egocentric behavior, but it happens when I get passionate. So it becomes super important for me to know when to stop, right? So read the body language of others. Have their eyes glazed over? Do they have body language that involves crossing their arms or crossing their legs? Nicole, they're really not interested. Get off the soapbox, right? So if you find yourself dominating any kind of conversation, this is unhealthy. So uh, a long time ago, we were in a meeting with some people and there was a woman who sort of dominated the conversation. And and it really made me realize how often we can be blind to what we're doing. We don't see it. It's kind of happening subconsciously that we're making an entire conversation all about us. And, and I think it would be healthy probably for all of us in every conversation to just kind of watch, be aware, especially if you are one of those idea shapes, the shapes that value ideas more than anything, you would have a, a very likely tendency to do this. And I'm just thinking back to all of our marriage mastery retreats that we've done this year. I've not had a single couple that hasn't said, I wish that he or she didn't provide the solution. I don't need the solution. I just want to be heard. Yeah, because if you are one of those people who just constantly dominates with what should change or what action somebody should take, sometimes that can be unsolicited advice. Okay, so that was actually our fourth uh, thing not to do in your relationships is to give unsolicited advice or opinions. Um, Unsolicited advice is an insult. When someone comes up to us, and this happens, I remember one of our big events, someone came up and and pointed out that we had the room arranged all wrong and we should have done this and that different. And we thanked them, but we honestly felt insulted. And, And we do this to our kids. We do this to our spouse. Anytime we notice that something could have been better and we feel the need to point it out in the moment, you're insulting their intelligence. So would there be a better way to handle those kinds of things if I see my spouse or my child doing something in a way that's not the best way that I could see to do it? What would be a better way to bring that to them? Yeah, so I'm just thinking of this of the scenario of the teenager who is about to leave the house and she's grabbing her car keys and the, and the father yells, you're not wearing that, are you? You know, that's that's an insult because she's put a lot of care and effort and there's a reason she's wearing what she's wearing. So a better way to do it would be to sit down and say, hey, um, or, you know, even just go up to her and say, would you be open to some feedback about your outfit? Would you be okay if I, I kind of just said something about that? Ask permission. 
Okay, so permission questions is a huge communication skill that we teach our coaching clients. I think it's almost one of the most important and dramatic shifts that we can make in our communication that'll make the biggest difference. Anytime you're going to give any feedback whatsoever to anyone, taking the time up front to ask if they would be open to a suggestion or some advice on it, and make sure you're you're sincerely giving them room to say no to that. It, it has to be a real question where you're going to wait for their answer. And if they say no, that they're not interested in your suggestion, you have to honor it. So I remember being a young mum with my first baby and I went to one of those mother's groups, right? Those nursery groups that you put in, get put into in your community. And this woman was coming and she came and she was really tired and this baby had colic and this baby was not letting her get any sleep and she just kept going and she'd had the floor in this situation for a long time and she was talking and talking and all these other women were saying, well, you know, you should try this and this doctor and you should try this technique with your breastfeeding and all the rest of it. It became very clear to me that she wasn't wanting any kind of ideas. She just wanted a place to vent. So I remember be- having this skill because of what we do and saying, would you be open to some feedback on that and she said no no I just want you to hear me and it made me realize that she'd taken up the entire meeting because she wanted to be heard not be- and she was getting into little battles with these other mums trying to provide her solutions right so permission questions can actually save you from a lot of conflict absolutely I know we've got some people out there that are thinking well really with my children I have to ask them if they'd be open to feedback it's my job Nicole to teach them and and I will tell you with my teens um there's been a lot of times when I have asked, hey, would you be open to a, a suggestion from mom? And they've looked at me in the eyes and said, no, not really. And and I will tell you, there's power in saying, totally fine. I respect that. Good luck then. And I walk away. It's very likely that later on they come back because it eats at them that they don't know what I was going to say. Yeah, absolutely. So, Please honor a no in that situation. The reason that we have to honor it is that if you want to have influence, they have to feel respected. If they don't feel respected, then they won't care what you think or what you say, and you will have no influence. So the most important thing is building a relationship with mutual respect. And if you want to get respected, you have to give it. So if they say no, I respect that. So we talk about this in both our parenting seminars and also our marriage seminars in that you earn that place to be that that safe person or that go-to person. It's not just a given. A lot of people think, well, I'm married to him. He should tell me everything. Well, if you're not a safe place and if you've come in being really opinionated and you're actually not doing effective listening very quickly, he or she will find a different person who's going to provide that for them. And so this becomes very critical when we're managing teenage behavior. If you've actually flipped your lid and you've, you know, you've had an exaggerated response and and disproportionate behavior, then next time they're, they're less likely to actually come and, and, and use you as that safe place. So this is not a given or because they're your children. You have to earn it. Oh, you really do. Okay, so one last point on things not to do in your relationship would be this assumption that you already know how someone thinks or feels. And I've been on the other end of this where I've had someone say, well, you do this and you think and you feel this way. And it's so presumptuous that it's very offensive. 
and and really in any difficult conversation, conflict or or fight with someone, you want to really be mindful to use I statements more than you statements. You can talk all day long about what you see and what you experience and how you feel and then let them tell you how they feel. So we want to, the more I statements we use, the better the conversation will go. Now there's people out there who are saying, but I'm more qualified, right? In a business setting, this comes up and the junior has no idea what they're talking about. And I'm the one who ultimately has to deal with the consequences of this decision. So I don't need to stand there and listen to their ideas. Well, you actually do. <laughs> okay. Part of being a good human being, a good coworker, a good boss, a good parent, a good spouse is actually showing that you care, even if in the back of your mind you're thinking, this is a complete waste of time, I shouldn't be listening to this, I'm not justified. You still do it anyway, and over time, you'll actually develop that skill, you'll become a better person. So another reason that we do it at work, they've actually proven that people who don't feel validated and listened to at work don't work as hard. They literally hold back about 40% of the productivity and effort they could be putting in until they feel cared about enough that people at work listen in and really validate them. So it, th- this affects the bottom line. Yeah, absolutely. So is this costing you money because you don't have this skill of caring? It's an interesting thing. Now, we've got to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about the relationship rules you should be doing, okay? We've been talking about the stuff that we don't encourage you to do to have a healthy relationship. Now, it's time for us to share with you the rules of of engagement that you can have that's really going to strengthen your relationship. So, stay with us. You're with Nicole and Kim here on Relationship Radio. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Why does my marriage have to be so hard? How do I get my teen to communicate without drama? Why is my boss such a jerk? Why is my mother-in-law so controlling? If you want the answers to these questions and many more, you must read the new book, called The People's Guidebook for Great Relationships. It's a small book and a quick read, but packed with the information you've always needed to understand and get along with all the people in your life. Master Life Coaches Nicole and Kim show you how to resolve conflicts and what language to use with each of your children to build more meaningful connections. In this new book, they reveal their life-changing 12 Shapes People Science and teach you about yourself and other people on a level that changes everything. Get your copy of the People Guidebook for Great Relationships at 12shapes.com. Again, the number 12shapes.com. Most companies have an existing accounting and finance department which are very capable of handling their day-to-day workload. However, all companies have extra or lingering projects from time to time. Now CFO provides extra professionals as an extension of your current team for those times. We help push accounting and finance projects across the finish line. We can also backfill full-time finance and accounting positions on an interim basis. Now CFO is a fully scalable, outsourced solution. Throttle our hours up or down depending on your needs. Now CFO consultants work under your guidance at your location so you can oversee the hours we put in. We are engaged to deliver a solution. Visit nowcfo.com to learn more or call now CFO at 
888-242-2361 to schedule a free consultation today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Relationship Radio. To reach Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles or their guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to info at upskillrelationships.com. Now back to Relationship Radio. Welcome back to Relationship Radio here on the Empowerment Station on Voice America. You're here with Nicole and Kim. And today we're talking about inappropriate relationship behavior. We've been hitting for the last 40 minutes all the things not to do. I want to get in now, Nicole, to some of our best advice on things to do to make sure that you have a good relationship, a good connection with your spouse. And, and I think my best tip that I think every couple has got to do is they've got to institute a timeout rule. Now, the way I teach this to my clients is that you've got to both talk about this and agree to it ahead of time, not in the heat of the moment, but at, ahead of time when everything's calm, that you both promise that you will honor if either of you calls timeout. And says, I, I think we we got to step away and calm down and get back into trust and love and out of fear so that I can show up and have this conversation in a productive way. The other promises they'll honor it and walk away. And it's got to be decided on ahead of time so that in the moment, you both remember that you, pro- you made a promise that if timeout was called, we give each other space. Now, we can't use this as an excuse to just run from a conflict or an issue and never address it again. We have to agree that we are going to come back together after we've calmed down and we've got in a good place. We're going to address it. We just need some time so that we address it the right way. Now, this is really hard for certain shapes, okay? This is hard for arrows. This is hard for circles. It's hard for hearts. It's hard for stars, uh, it's it's even hard for ovals as well because they they need to know that everything's okay. They they have a lot of anxiety if there's time and space around people that they don't understand and that they might be in trouble. They're super super sensitive to things not being okay in their relationships. So if that's you, where you're listening to this, going, there is no way I could handle that. I need it resolved so I can sleep and function. Well, then there's some work to be done about you being able to manage that because sometimes if we continue to go at it in that moment, we say things that we we never can take back. And this is why this timeout rule is so important. Now, I've seen um, a lot of parental teenage relationships where I wish this stuff had happened. I wish they had engaged this rule before things got really volatile. So if you're in a place where you think, gosh, I'm blowing my lid, I'm I'm not managing myself in an effective way, I'm going to say something I regret, you need to be putting this timeout rule in so you can get back to a place of balance and, and try again. Okay, I love that tip. Uh, another to-do is forgiveness. Because to be honest, Nicole, I, I feel like... Forgiving is one of the most important lessons we're on the planet to learn. 
And our personal relationships are the classroom for this because it's inevitable that we're going to disappoint each other. We're going to offend each other at times. And we've both got to have a forgiving heart to be able to have some room that neither of us has to be perfect to be loved, but that I know that these people who I care about will will forgive me as they see me working to improve. Now, forgiveness doesn't necessarily always mean forgetting, but it definitely does mean that you don't get to bring it up again, right? So you can forgive and it means that then it gets buried. You don't bring it up again and say, hey, last time this happened and remember this, things really have to be put to rest and not be used again as a form of ammunition against the other person. So one thing I've recommended to clients over the years is to get a shoebox And have each of you sit down and write down all the past offenses that you're still resenting your your spouse over. Write them all down, put them in the shoebox, take it out in the backyard and dig a hole and bury that shoebox down deep. I want it two or three feet down in the ground. Cover it up. And the deal is that if you ever want to bring those past offenses up again, you have to go dig up the box first. Which means that it involves both of you having stuff dug up, right? Right. I love that. It's not just me using the bits that I want to throw at you. I have to then accept that my other stuff that I did is actually going to be used against me as well because none of us are flawless enough in our relationship behavior to not make these mistakes. Okay. So we love that one. Here's another. We want to make sure that you learn how to bring up current new offenses in a mature and loving way. And one of the problems in communication that we see the most is has to do with that child-parent dynamic. That if our, if our spouse has offended us or our child and we go to address it from a place of I'm the bigger, the wiser, the good guy, and you're the bad guy, we end up talking down to them. And a no conversation is ever going to go well if someone feels like they're being talked down to. You agree? Completely. But this is hard for a lot of parents to get their head around is that we've got to shift from a parent-child to an adult-adult. All of our healthy adult relationships and our healthy teen relationships are actually have this adult-adult dynamic, which is I respect you as a person and you respect me as a person. We're on the same level playing field. A lot of our parents get feel a lot of resistance with that because they think, no, hang on, I'm the one who has to have the ultimate authority. Absolutely. You have the final say because you are the parent, you are the adult in a teenage situation but you can actually act in this way and you can have mature relationship behavior where you listen you validate and then you say well I've heard you but we're still going to make this final decision so this shift to this adult adult dynamic where you're both seeing each other as the same value you're actually respecting each other in the same way healthy way it it makes for much a better outcome so Nicole I actually use you to help me do this Every time one of my kids does something that I'm upset about and I want to address them, I imagine what would, how would I address it? How would I behave if it was Nicole, my best friend, that did this? Like left the dishes when she said she would wash them and, and didn't. And the way I would bring that up to you is so much more respectful and kind than the way I traditionally would bring it up with my kids. So I kind of work through how I would say it to you. And then that's the way I speak to my child. And what what happens is I just do it in a lot more respectful way. And when they feel respected, I, I save the connection that I have with them. I, I then also stay in a place of influence with them. 
Absolutely. And you're also teaching them mature ways to resolve conflict in the future with everyone else in their life. It's such an important thing for us to do to actually role model what our expectations are. Most of our parenting uh, landmines that we create and we dig for ourselves actually come from this attitude of, well, do as I say and not do as I do. If you're healthily modeling this kind of adult to adult communication, mutually respectful, validating conversations, they'll go on to do that with their siblings and their extended family and there'll be better people in the world. And ultimately, I believe that, that that's our number one job as a parent is actually to be their role model, not to just be their dictator. Absolutely. Uh, I know we've probably got people listening to the show today that are taking notes furiously about all these communication tricks. We actually, on our website, 12shapes.com, under the worksheets, we actually have a document that will teach you how to have a mutually validating conversation. And I know we believe that everybody, they should teach this formula every year in school from kindergarten through your master's degree. Because being able to have good, mutually validating conversations, I think, is one of the most useful skills that any of us can gain. Absolutely. And any time that we are in a situation that's new or unfamiliar or has any kind of stress, the first thing that goes is our communication skills. We know that. We see that all the time, even within each other. We just need a little bit of a, a, ch- a change at home and it can be enough that it actually can, can take us out of that unbalanced place that where we actually know better and we do better. And this is why having that worksheet, I actually take a photo of it and I have it in my phone. I've been known to, everyone thinks that I just need to go and pee all the time when I'm in meetings at work. But I've actually been known to take myself off to the restroom and to, to pull it up on my phone and go, right, this this language, this this communication, this relationship's not going the way that I want it to. Not that I'm not getting my way, but I know that this is definitely getting off course. There's a lot of um, antagonism. There's a lot of fear in this. And I'll actually revisit that so I can come back and say, okay, this is how we're going to do it better. So all the principles that we've talked about today are actually listed out in our Mutually Validating Conversations worksheet. We talk about seeing the other person as the same as you first, making sure you have an adult-adult dynamic that you're not talking down. We, we say step number two is to set your ideas and opinions and everything you want to say aside so that you can start the conversation completely focused on asking questions and listening to the other person. Now, the minute that you do that with me, I want to stay there and I want to listen, right? And isn't that the whole goal is that we want to strengthen and build our relationships. We want to really get into the heads of the people we love, understand where they're coming from, because none of us like living in situations where our boundaries are crossed, where we're not being heard and where there's this inappropriate relationship behavior. So after you've spent some time there and you really want to to prove that you value the person enough to listen and hear them, and, and I can usually tell, Nicole, when they really feel heard, we've accomplished that. And it's only at that point that I will ask permission if they would be open to letting me share kind of my viewpoint on this. And then we have to get a yes. And if they give us permission to share our opinion, I'm then going to be pretty careful that I'm using I statements, not you statements. And as much as possible, I want to be focused on their future behavior, not their past behavior. That's such a big one there. 
right? Such a big one. Because when somebody comes to me and says, last week you did this and last month and two years ago you did that, we're we're talking about things I can't fix. I can't can't go back and change any of that. Yeah. No. So we want to really stay focused on, would you be willing moving forward to be more mindful of this? And next time this happens, would you be okay to treat me a little bit different or better? Now, if you ask that permission question and you get a no, you've got to be okay with that. You've got to walk away and not have this big snooty behavior and go, fine then, right? And you've got to keep your cool and you've got to allow them to have that no. Now, we talk to parents all the time. I'm not okay with my teenagers saying no to me in my face, right? And I'm like, trust, trust us on this. If you get a no, you'll get a yes next time. The rule of five to one. If you have five healthy validating conversations where you respect their boundaries, you will get the opportunity to have your say. I promise you. But you earn it with this five to one ratio. So five times you respect their boundaries and say, sweetie, that's okay. When you're ready or if you're open to my feedback another time, I'd love to talk to you about it. Now, Nicole, the the clients that we work with that struggle to create these kinds of relationships, to really make people feel respected and cared about and listen. Often, it's not as much of a communication issue that they don't have the skills. It's often a fear issue. Our own fears of being taken from and failing get in the way and make us focused on ourselves and we become selfish in the conversation and make everything about us and what we need. So, if you're in that boat and you can tell that that this is really a challenge, we actually want you to go back and do some work on the fear of failure and the fear of loss. And we've done radio shows on those topics already. Yeah, we have Human Behavior 101 and Human Behavior 102 because you're only going to be the balanced you in a relationship if you do the work. If you're in a place of being triggered, you need to call yourself on that. You need to take personal responsibility, walk away and try again. That timeout rule also is about self-regulation. So if you have not done these things in the past and your relationship is very confrontational, we, we just want to tell you, you can repair so many things with a sincere apology that you did the best you could with what you knew, but you didn't know very much in the past. And owning that, whether it's to a teen or a spouse, it goes so far. Oh, it's so powerful, the power of a, an authentic and sincere apology. Now, look, we've, we've covered so much on today's show. I really think to, this show is one that needs to be listened to again and again and again for us to be the best in our relationship. So we hope that you found these tips valuable. We are always available to answer your questions and to give extra input at our website, 12shapes.com. Thank you so much for joining us today here on Relationship Radio on Voice America. Thank you for being a part of Relationship Radio. We hope you've not only received some great ideas to improve the relationships in your life, but will join Master Coaches Nicole Cunningham and Kim Giles again next Thursday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week.